Hey everyone, this is Tanya. Tonight's episode is about enmeshment. Um, I wanted to do a podcast about enmeshment because this was a term that I just recently became familiar with. Um, Once I heard the term and its definition, I understood that this was something that had been existing in my life for quite some time, but I just didn't have a word for it. I didn't know how to define it. And so uh, recently, a friend of mine helped me to define it by giving me a term that is very popular in the world of therapy and um, and psych- psychology, and that is enmeshment. So when we look at the basic definition of enmeshment, what we're talking about is an entangling. Um, we're talking about relationships that become entangled due to the lack of boundaries being set in these relationships. Uh, people come together, they start to adopt they are each other's personalities. They start to adopt each other's characteristics and behaviors. They start to um, think alike. They start to speak alike. They start to lose their own identity and individuality in these relationships. And so the reason why I wanted to talk about it tonight was because um, I went through a situation several years ago where I started to become enmeshed with the people that I was very close to. Um, It was a church setting. I had become very, very close with the leaders. We were like family and, and we were friends as well. And we also did ministry together in church. And because we spent so much time together, it was, a, it was a new church, it was a growing church, and I wanted to lend whatever giftings I had to this church because I wanted, to, I wanted this church to become a tremendous success. And so I was willing to do whatever it is that I could do to help this church become a success. So in the process of doing that, I became very close to the leaders. We were like family, we spent holidays together, we would go out to lunch on Sunday afternoons. You know, we would hang out, watch football together even. We would do a lot of really fun things together. But I noticed, you know, as time progressed and as we became um, like a family, um, I didn't notice it at the time. I didn't notice it until after I had left the church because sometimes you have to step outside of abnormal in order to see that it's abnormal. Uh, many times we find ourselves in situations where it seems normal. Everything that we're doing and the relationships we have, they t- seem totally normal until we step outside of it and we realize, you know what? You know, maybe that environment was not normal. Maybe that environment was a bit dysfunctional, you know, after I've stepped out of it. But at the time, I really believed that, you know, um, all the work that I was doing, you know, I was I was devoting a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of heart, a lot of soul into helping them make this ministry a success. And in the meantime, I, I found myself putting my own dreams and aspirations on hold because I wanted to help them make this ministry a success. Now, mind you, nobody asked me to do um, this. Nobody asked me to do, you know, put my life on hold or to put my priorities on hold. Nobody asked me to do that. That was something that I chose to do. And because it was something that I chose to do, um, you know, I could not blame anyone, you know, for my decisions. I'm I'm a 30-something-year-old woman. So therefore, I am, you know, uh, well able to make my own decisions and I'm well able Uh, to understand what's going on and what's happening around me. So I'm not 
you know, a, a young, naive person. I am a full grown adult. And so I'm helping, you know, with this ministry, helping to build this ministry. You know, I'm taking things home with me and working on, you know, different ministry projects at home and, you know, spending hours at the church, you know, sometimes leaving after everyone else, sometimes showing up before everyone else and doing everything I can to make this, help make this ministry a success. And what I found was I became very much um, tied and devoted in an unhealthy way to the workings of this particular ministry and to the work that needed to be done in the ministry. And so I made myself available. You know, I wanted to be that person that, you know, if anybody needed anything, you know, you can call me. If any of the members of the church need anything, I'm here for you. I mean, I remember telling, you know, the church congregation, hey, you don't bother me, you know, text me, call me, whatever you need. The thing is, I love people and I have a big heart and I wanted to help people, but I did not know how to set boundaries. I did not know how to set boundaries that would separate my personal life and my personal time from that of the church. And a lot of times we find ourselves doing that even when it comes to work. Sometimes we take work home with us. We're working on work on the weekends. You know, we're taking our laptop places with us. I mean, I remember attending conferences for work and there were people there with their laptops and, and while the speakers are up speaking, they're, they're, you know, clicking away on their laptops, still working on work, even though they were away from work. And the whole purpose was for them to get enriched at this conference, but yet they're still, you know, working on work. I've seen people at hair salons with their laptops still working on work at their laptops while they're getting their hair done. It was like there was no boundary set. It was like the work needed to be done and I'm going to do everything I can to get the work done. You know, I live and breathe and eat this thing. It's become a part of who I am. And they did not set healthy boundaries. And so this is a very dangerous thing to do because you are now putting um, other people's vision, other people's um, work ahead of you. And now you're starting to lose yourself because your identity is now starting to become a part of what you're doing. Like my identity became you know, my, a part of this church. Like I formed my identity based on this ministry and this vision and where it was going. And I did not carve out my own identity. I did not make time for my own goals and my own aspirations and my own dreams. I just rolled it all into what I was doing for this church. And so we have to be very, very careful in doing these things uh, because what happens is there's going to come a time where the job is going to come to the to an end, where the ministry might may come to the to, to an end, or you may be in a situation where circumstances change, life changes, people change, and so therefore what you walked into with such passion is going to change. And before you know it, it may change in a way that does not include you for the future. And so if you have based your future and if you have based your life upon this particular work and now the work has changed and suddenly you're not part of the equation, now what do you do? I reached a point where I left this ministry and now I'm in a place where I don't know what to do next because for eight years, all I knew was this. For eight years, all I knew was this work. And so now I'm in a place where I'm no longer a part of this ministry and I'm no longer associated with this work. 
well, who am I now? Where do I go from here? These relationships are no longer in my life. These people were like family to me. So now what do I do? For eight years of my life, I did this. And now I'm in a place where I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what I don't like. I don't even know what I want to do with the next chapter of my life. I don't even know what my dreams are. I don't even know where I'm headed. And when I left the ministry and once I came to this place of realizing all of the different areas of my life that I had left uncultivated and unattended to, I started to become very angry because I realized how much of my life I had neglected and put on hold so that I could focus on helping other people fulfill their vision. One thing we have to keep in mind is the vision that someone else has, the vision that God has given someone else, you have to remember that is their vision. That's not your vision. See, that was their church. That was not my church. The company you work for, that's not your business. If, you did, if, you, if you're not an entrepreneur, you didn't start the company, that's not yours. That's somebody else's. So all that blood, sweat, and tears that you are putting in to helping somebody else's dream become a success, that's their dream. They are profiting off of your hard work. So if something were to change, if the company was to, decided to downsize, they're downsizing now. They don't need you anymore. You know, uh, your skills don't fit the direction of where they want to take this company. Now you find yourself out of a job after you have given so much to this particular company. And now you find yourself out of work. And that's basically where I was in my life. I had given so much to someone else's vision, but yet I did not take the time to focus on my own vision, my own dreams, my own desires, and what I wanted to do with my life. And so it took a lot of time for me to understand the anger, the resentment, because, hey, I've, I've, I've lost all this time and I can't get this time back. So what do I do now? Well, I didn't know how to define this. I didn't know what word to define this with. Eight years in a certain culture, it feels normal to you. Everything outside of that feels abnormal. And it's not until you come to the realization that your current life is really what you should have been living all along. And what you thought was normal, the environment you thought was normal was actually abnormal, was actually dysfunctional. It becomes a very hard reality check and it becomes a very hard wake up call to know that where my heart was for eight years was actually unhealthy for me. So then, you know, talking to a friend, she helped me to understand that this was an instance, an example of enmeshment. I had become so enmeshed with the ministry, with the church. And I really believed that I was doing the right thing. I really believed I was advancing the kingdom of God. I really believed that I was pleasing God with what I did because it came from a genuine and pure place in my heart. But in the process, because I didn't know better, I did not set healthy boundaries because when I came to this particular ministry setting, I did not have a mentor or anybody to tell me or prepare me, you know, on how to do ministry the right way. And so there were a lot of things that now that I look back in hindsight, I realize I did not do them right. So I'm in this place now. I realize that this thing has a name. These feelings, these emotions come from 
this place of enmeshment, this place where I allowed my heart and my mind and, and, and my desires and dreams to be entangled with the desires and dreams of somebody else to where I started to carve my identity on what they were doing and the work that they were given to do. And I had not taken the time to cultivate my own identity and to maintain my individuality. There is a way to be passionate about the work you do without losing yourself in that work. And that is one thing I have learned today that I wish I had known back then. There is a way that you can be passionate. There is a way where you can be connected. There is a way where you can support the vision without losing yourself in that vision. And so enmeshment, I became entangled. I I lost my identity. I didn't set boundaries. I was taken advantage of a lot. And I can't even be mad because you know what? I didn't say no. I said yes too much. I said yes too often. And people took advantage of my yes. They took advantage of my availability. They took advantage of the fact that I would always pick up my phone, that I would always return their texts. They took advantage of the fact that, hey, if you can't find anybody else to do it, get get Tanya to do it. Or sometimes I was the first person they had in mind. Well, we'll just get Tanya to do it. and, And that takes care of that. And then I would always say yes. And my kindness was taken as a weakness and people took advantage of me. But I couldn't be mad at them. Yes, it was wrong of them to take advantage. They could have set some boundaries and decided, you know what? We're not going to ask Tanya to do this. We're going to give this to somebody else. We already give her enough to do. She already has enough on her plate. We're going to give this to somebody else. They could have set those boundaries. But you know what? If I had said no, if I had said no and protected myself, then I would not have had to depend on them to protect me. See, you have to protect yourself and you have to show people how they should treat you. I didn't do that. You should show people how they should treat you. See, we're so afraid of saying no that we don't want to come off as somebody who doesn't care and we don't want to come off as somebody who is not invested or who does not want to help. So we do whatever we can to show people we're there for you. I'm there for you. I'm loyal to you. We do whatever we can to show people that. But sometimes we lose ourselves in that process of showing our loyalty to others. And so you've got to get to a place. I've got to get to a place where I love myself and care enough about myself that I am willing to say no. That I'm not going to be hurt because someone else is doing the job. That I'm not going to be bothered because you know what? It's Thursday night. And I have a free evening to just lay on the couch and relax. I don't have to have work to fill my time and to make me feel like I'm worthwhile and living a life that's worthwhile. See, some of us keep ourselves so busy. We're busy all the time because our worth is found in our work. And that should never be the case. Your worth has already been established. All you have to do is value and understand your worth and value yourself. I was doing so many things. I was holding down church business and, and, and holding down the church so that my leaders could travel and do the things they wanted to do. And they're taking vacations and I'm not. And, and you know, they're enjoying their life. And, and I'm just, you know, 
taking care of everything for them while they go enjoy their life. But what about me? What about me? I put myself on the back burner. So if I put myself on the back burner, everybody else is going to put me on the back burner too. Because I've shown them that I don't value myself enough to put myself first. So how do we keep from becoming entangled and enmeshed? How do we avoid falling into a place where we're angry, resentful, bitter, and upset because time has been lost that we can't reclaim and all we can do is move forward from here? How do we get to the place where we're not upset about the fact that we we didn't have the wisdom of today that we should have had back then? How do we get to the place where We don't look back at that time of our life with regret. How do we get to that place? Well, first of all, we have to understand that we were enmeshed. We were probably in a place of vulnerability. Many of us deal with self-esteem issues. Many of us have dealt with rejection and abandonment. And we have a need, a deep need to be accepted. All of us want to be a part of something greater than than ourselves. We all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is a lot of times why people join churches. This is a lot of times why people love to work for big corporations. They want to be part of something bigger. They want to be part of a bigger machine. And unfortunately, this is a lot of times why people uh, get themselves entangled in things like gangs. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. That's why a lot of athletes love team sports because it's something bigger than they are. And we all want to be accepted and we all want to be a part of something great. And so our need to be a part of something great sometimes causes us to lose ourselves in that thing, in the process, because we just want to be a part of something. I believe at the time that I became a part of this ministry, that I was just vulnerable and wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be a part of something big. I wanted to be a part of something great. And so I lost myself in the process. I think at the time I felt more accepted than I ever had felt in my life. And because of that, I found myself really getting deeply involved in this culture and in this environment because I felt like at the time it showed me more love and more acceptance than at that point I have received. So how do we prevent ourselves from getting enmeshed? Well, the first thing we need to do is that we need to learn how to love ourselves. We need to learn how to value ourselves. We need to respect and honor our individuality. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying be a loner. I'm not saying be isolated and just cut yourself off from people. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that we have to get to a place where I don't need to be like you in order to be connected to you. I don't have to adopt the way you talk, the way you uh, dress, the way you, um, you know, uh, your taste, your style. I I don't have to adopt all of those things in order to be connected to you. I can still be me and still be connected to you and still know who I am and still accept my differences from the rest of this group. And so you have to value yourself, value your individuality, 
and protect your individuality. Don't allow people to draw you into a situation where they try to make you like them and where they try to duplicate. You know, we don't, I, I personally don't want 10 other people like me that dress like me and look like me and, and act like me and, and, and speak like me and use my vernacular and all that. I don't want that. I want people to be connected to me, but all of us to embrace our individuality. So you have to embrace your individuality, number one. Number two, you have to be able and willing to change. You have to be able and willing to change if the situation changes. You have to be willing to move forward if this assignment ends. You have to be willing to let go if this door shuts one day. You have to be willing to let go. You have to be willing to move forward. You have to be willing to change. You have to be accepting of the fact that life changes. Life changes. And you have to be a person that can go with the flow in the sense that life does change. And I'm enjoying this thing right now, but it may not always be like this. In fact, I know it won't. Because the things in the earth are temporal. The things we see are temporal. Nothing that we are involved in right now is going to last forever. And so we have to get to a place where I am willing to go with the flow of life if this thing changes, if this ministry stops, if this business shuts down, if it's whatever it is, this relationship ends, I'm willing to change. And, and, and I'm willing to go with the change and I'm willing to change to adapt to the new season and the new chapter of my life. How else do we prevent ourselves from getting enmeshed? One of the things we do to prevent ourselves from being enmeshed, excuse me, is to set healthy boundaries. You got to set boundaries and you got to make those boundaries clear, not necessarily to the people you're involved with, Unless the, unless the situation presents itself where you have to put your foot down and say, no, I'm not going to. But you have to first make those boundaries clear with yourself. You have to start with you. The boundaries that I set have to start with me. I've got to make a clear list of boundaries that I get in, into my heart, into my spirit. And then if the, if the situation allows and I have to stand up and speak up for myself, because I've already made my boundaries clear with me that I've already walked into this situation with the understanding of what I will and what I won't do, then it's not hard for me to make it clear to other people what I will and what I won't do. But see, if you've never set those boundaries with yourself, then when the situation arises, you're not sure which way you're gonna go because you've not set a boundary. You've got to set healthy boundaries. I have limits. I've got standards. And this is what I'm adhering to. And you've got to stand by that thing. You've got to stand by those standards. You've got to stand by your boundaries. You can't be afraid of how people are going to feel, what they're going to think, if they're going to see me differently. They may. But they also might respect you at a greater level. Because you're not allowing them to run all over you. 
they'll respect you at a greater level because you know who you are and you know what your limits are and you know what your standards are. And so I have a greater respect for people that know who they are and are clear with who they are and that value them themselves. Now, I'm not saying be selfish. Some people, you know, push the boundaries to the extent where they just become selfish. They don't care about nobody else but themselves. And if what you're asking them to do does not benefit them in any way, shape or form, they don't want to be involved. I'm not saying be like that. Be a giving person, but be giving with limitations. Anything that requires you to sacrifice yourself to a, to a place where you start to lose your time, you start to lose your ability to cultivate your own life and your own dreams, then you are crossing an unhealthy boundary. Set a boundary. I'll help you with this at this time. But on these days, I have these days set aside for my own personal interests and my own personal needs. But I'll help you. But I'm not going to be able to, you know, help you every single day, all day. I'll help you during these specified periods of time. Because I have other things that I'm involved in. And I need time to devote to those things. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, you will feel so much better about yourself once you have made a stand and said, you know what, these are my boundaries and I don't cross these boundaries. I don't cross these boundaries. How else do we become, how else do we prevent ourselves from becoming enmeshed? We can't go into relationships leading with our emotions. We can't allow our emotions to lead us. We have to be logical. (laughs) When it comes to a certain assignment, we have to be logical. We have to use our mind and we have to uh, use wisdom. Use common sense. Don't take on something you know you don't have the time to do. Don't take on something you know you don't have the ability to do. You can't be everything to everyone. I'm sorry. In our finite ability, in our finite mind, we can't be everything to everyone. We can't. We can't. You can't be everything to everyone. You have to accept that life changes and you have to be willing to change with it. You have to set clear cut boundaries and you have to address the root cause of your need to be accepted so that you don't just so that you don't just connect with anything that sounds and looks good, but that you be discerning and that you use good judgment in deciding what you should be a part of. Because many times we will yoke up to things that we shouldn't really be a part of. We shouldn't really connect with. So we have to address that need of acceptance that need of acceptance, that fear of saying no. And that would help us to establish the right boundaries so that we don't get caught up. Look, I don't want you to lose any time out of your life because you gave your all in all 
to something or someone. And it proved to be disastrous in the end. And you're living the rest of your life with regret and anger and bitterness because you can't get that time back. I don't want you to get enmeshed. I want you to build healthy relationships. I want you to establish healthy boundaries. And I want you to set healthy standards. Because you're worth it. You're worth it. So, enmeshment. Don't allow that to happen to you. Don't lose yourself to anyone or for anyone. Don't lose yourself to anything or for anything. Love yourself, take care of yourself, and set those healthy boundaries.